Great. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Brand Identity Design Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that music, Phyllis. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, I think that soundtrack sounds really cool. It really matches your personality. So, <laughs> welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. And uh, I want to quickly get let you know update you guys uh, that we are currently running this small six-part mini series. Uh, we we are titling it as the branding fuckery. The aim of this series is to deep dive into the world of branding, challenging conventional notions and uncovering the secret of creating an authentic and impactful personal brand. Each episode I'm going to do with Phyllis is going to take you to a journey through the chapters of Phyllis' book. It's called Branding, Boundaries and Bullshit. Uh, a book which I really admire and I'm reading it gradually, slowly and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy every bit she's sharing. Just purely uh, the way she has articulated her thoughts and I can literally hear Phyllis speaking to me when I'm reading this book. Literally. So we're going to dissect uh, the core principles of personal branding, explore the importance of setting boundaries, uncover the truth behind brand perception and how to play the branding game right. Before we get into the interview right away, I just want to quickly let you know that season five of my podcast is going to begin January 2024 onwards. The guest waitlist is actually open. If you do have any people you want to recommend to be a guest on my upcoming season, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, DM me. Rose, whom you see down in the audience, he is going to be a guest on my podcast for next season. So thank you so much, Rose, uh, for being accepting my request and the contribution you would be making on my podcast with your expertise. I want to thank you for that. So I don't think Phyllis needs an introduction, guys. You know, Phyllis GCB. Uh, the famous GCB is a renowned brand strategist and entrepreneur and she's recognized widely for her ability to transform individuals and businesses through strategic branding. Uh, and she has come up with this very, very interesting book and I have actually left links for people who want to actually buy this. Uh, Get Your Branding Boundaries and Bullshit ebook or the physical book. Uh, you know, using that link. You know, click on the show notes of this specific event and you should be able to find it. So let's have some applause and let's welcome Phyllis to my podcast. Welcome, Phyllis. Let's make some noise, virtual noise or sound effects, whatever you want to call it. Welcome, Phyllis. All right, so I'm not sure. Uh, did you switch your mic, Phyllis? We can't hear you. All right, I'm guessing she may have... Uh, flip the mic. Her microphone was giving us some issues in the beginning. So we can't hear you though. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. We can hear you now. Okay. All right. That was okay. a close call. I thought I lost you there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, sweetie. I'm here. All right. All right. So let's actually get, let's, let's actually deep dive. Let's get into this conversation right away. I know that's what the audience are here for. The first thing which I want to ask you, Phyllis, is that a lot of branding books are out there. A lot of personal branding books are out there in this world. Could you share us the inspiration behind writing this specific book, Branding, Boundaries and Bullshit, and your journey into the world of personal branding? Oh, my gosh. Um, my world and personal branding actually started when I was in the barbecue business. Back then, I was known as Mrs. Mista. Um, my husband was big mister. And I was telling Jason that it was never my intention to be anything other than Mrs. Strauder because we were married. But somehow being a part of the barbecue world, you know how when people don't know you, oh, you're so-and-so's wife. Oh, you're so-and-so's mom. So in the barbecue world, I got the, oh, you're big mister's wife. You're Mrs. Mister. It was just something that I got into. But when we actually got seriously into the business, I owned that shit hook, line, and sinker. But part of it was that I got lost in it. And a lot of people don't understand what it's like to get lost up in a person or persona that you're in all the time. And it wasn't that I had to be. It's that it, I just felt like that was where I was most important. That was where I was most needed. It wasn't as a wife. It wasn't as a mom. It was like, oh, well, Phyllis or, or Mrs. Mystic gets all the attention. So that's who needs to show up. And it just became this, this, this boatload of crazy that I had to get out of. And that's where this book kind of comes from. It's like walking that line of my personal brand and my personal life 
is there there were no boundaries before. There was nothing that when people saw me on the street, hey, Mrs. and Mr., and they want to talk to me about freaking barbecue. I do not cook on purpose. I am in the barbecue business. I am not the cook. Stop talking <laughs> to me about this shit. But everybody wanted to talk to me about it. And I would sit down and I would put on a smile and I would play the role. And I was not <laughs> laughing, Rose. But I was not always happy about it. But they but it was this is just what people tend to expect once you take on a persona. And the thing about it was my husband actually like baby, can you do this? Baby, can you do that? And it's like, you know, when do I get to stop being her? But because I felt like I never could, I tell folks, my husband went to bed with Mrs. Mr. Morton, he went to bed with Phyllis. I don't know who he was married to at that point, but it just was what it was. My daughter suffered the consequences because I was always like, baby, give me five minutes. Baby, let me finish this. And so she was put on hold a lot of times. And that's where, like, I don't know if you got into that part yet, but when I talk about the identity crisis of a, of a personal brand and why I'm so adamant about, you know what? Your personal life is not your personal brand. I'm sorry. If you guys want to buy that load of shit, be my guest. But it's not the one that I want for me. And there's a lot of people, like my husband, he brands out loud. And when I say that, I mean, he does not mind sticking a camera in his face and showing all our business. But me, no. My husband and my child are not up for consumption in my business. My personal life is not content to be consumed because you think that you are that fucking familiar to, with me that you can step up and say anything. Oh, well, how's Neil? How's your daughter? You know what? My daughter's only 16. Don't put her. No, we don't know you like that. I am not comfortable with those situations. So I make sure. But in our previous business, when Morgan was there, Morgan got a job at nine. She was a cashier by nine. She was known as mini mister. Okay. Even she was one. She had her own personal brand, but Morgan went on. She wrote her own book. She has her own investment accounts. So her being part of the brand back then worked. But as far as what I do now, sweetie, no, y'all hear her on my podcast when she's introducing my books and things like that. But outside of that, no, I'm not going to put where we go, what we do, and how we do just because somebody needs to create content or you want to know how I live my personal life. Sweetie, if we were friends, you would know, but you're not. So don't ask. Did I say too much? <laughs> oh, no, no. But I want to know that what pushed you, like, you know, let me write this book. I understand the backstory. Like, at what mm -hmm. moment of time, or moment in time, not on time, in time, did you realize uh, that I need to get this shit out? Like, I need to let the readers know that this will happen to you also. What what pushed you to, like, you know, gather your thoughts? And I know it took you almost more than a year to articulate everything. Yeah. So tell us tell us about that. This, this book came, um, it put, I got pushed. I wouldn't say pushed, but I felt it was necessary because I do see a lot of people out here doing personal branding, or so they say. And but they're talking about it from a perspective of PR and public relations is not personal branding, but people like it's like shining a turd and calling it gold or something. That's not what this is. And I, I know that I'm a lesser known voice in the industry. So in order to make sure that I got this out and people won't say, oh, because you I, let me back up, because I know there are people who are louder and better known within the industry. And I know I have heard my shit come out their mouth. <laughs> so in order to make sure that they know what I said, sweetie, I wrote the book on the shit. How about that? And so that's kind of what pushed me because I saw people out here saying things and I know I've said these things and to now hear them from someone who is better known than I am, it's like, no, this shit is not sitting well with me. And I'm not saying that they still in my shit, but somehow it's magically appearing out here in the open. Yeah, Cass, you bet you Cass knows what I'm talking about. Now all of a sudden it's appearing out here in the open when it never was a thing before. And personal branding was like, oh, well, you know what? Your personal life is your personal brand. No, you are not a brand. And I'm going to stick to that to the day I die. But to, to, to see the shit that goes on as far as personal branding is concerned, for people to, like, somebody I follow on, um, and this is about to be TMI, y'all. This is not my TMI. This was her TMI. But she's on her business profile on IG, and she starts talking about her cycle. 
And the end of the, the, the post was like, so now I can bleed in peace. As if that was something that we needed to know. This is, this is crossing a line and a boundary that, you know what, sweetheart, this has nothing to do with your business. I don't want to give you any of my money knowing that I'm now, there's, there needs to be something out here that people can hold on to other than content is king and I am my brand. So that, that is what really pushed me to this book. No more of that shit. If you want to live out loud, if you want to brand out loud, you can go right ahead. But there are a lot of us that don't want to put our lives on display for the sake of content. You don't need to know how I butter my toes. You don't need to know how I paint my toes. And you definitely don't need to know what my daughter is when I'm out the house. So this book had to come from this place of, you know what? I don't brand out loud like that. There's very few things that you'll know about my personal life unless you just know me. Mm -hmm. Now, my clients know my family. My One of my clients, we were in a session. He said, tell me to come here. It's like, can we finish with the pay part before you call him in the room? I don't have a problem with that because trust and believe I've already got my money. But it's, it's knowing that that these, these type of things need to be said and nobody is talking about them. Nobody is saying anything about, you know what, you get to have a personal brand and a personal life. You get to build a personal brand that you can actually turn into an asset that you can sell once you're gone. If somebody wants to step into the shoes of ghetto country grandmother and you think you can work this game better than me, baby, here it is. How many millions do you have? But I can never sell Phyllis. I am not that hope. So this is why I wrote that book to let people know, you know what? You don't have to put your life on display and you also don't have to believe you're a brand. You don't have to buy into all that shit. But that should not stop you from having a personal brand because it is very necessary in what we do in this world today. So that's my two cents. I think I got it. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. You know, guys, you know, I just want to put caution across just in case if you're new to this podcast. Yeah, we're going to be using a lot of cuss words. That's actually a part of the package. So deal with it. So the so next question which I want to ask you and I appreciate you answering you know why you wrote the book and you said a lot of interesting things which we will be dissecting as we move ahead so when I was reading your book you said something uh, very spectacular which really stood out to me in my res- uh, in my respectful yet experienced opinion personal branding should rise above the superficial bullshit like public image go deeper than a fucking founder story so what I like to ask you from that note is that you said you highlighted this a lot of times. Why I want to ask you why does personal brand needs to go beyond the vision, mission, and purpose? Vision, mission, purpose, and values were created for business brands. They were based on fictitious shit that people made up based on market research. And because a lot of branding and marketing is built around people pleasing, it does not require you to go deeper than data. But if you're going to do a personal brand and you want to have impact as a person, if there's things that you want to put out into the world, then sweetie, you got to go deeper than that. And going deeper does not mean, again, putting your life on display. If you're going to say that this is my, my, my core message, which a lot of personal brands don't have a core message. If you have a core message based on the brand, the personal brand that you built, then that core message will always be the same. My core message is you are not a brand. People are priceless. You cannot put a price tag on them as far as I'm concerned. Telling somebody to charge their worth is putting a price tag on them. No, you are too valuable. You are not a brand. But when you when you decide that, that you want to actually build a personal brand, then if you go deeper, the brand that you build becomes the business that you, that you have. And the people that you hire are better I would say better able to be loyal to something that they now believe in. A lot of people now just take jobs for a paycheck and I ain't mad at a paycheck, trust and believe. But they're working at companies that if somebody offered them a bigger check, they will leave. But once upon a time, there was such thing as loyalty. And if we can get people to be better, better to build better brand loyalty, then we can build better companies. Because now we're branding from the inside out. We're, we're branding from the founder on out. Not based on the bullshit that he wants to make some money, but actually on the impact that we, as a cultural community within this brand, can now have impact. It's a place where people are proud to work. They're, proud, they're, they're happy to show up. Nobody has the drudgery about getting out of bed. They get to say, I work here. And then you have people that actually want to say, oh, I want to take her job because I want to work there. And you have, you probably will have a hard time keeping out toxic people because everybody wants to work for a good company. 
people find prestige in that shit. Um, I was talking, who's that? I was talking to Linda earlier today. And she said, people are impressed. Oh, I worked for Google and I work for, so what? You could have just been getting coffee at Google. That shit don't impress me. But if you have a personal brand that's now tied and aligned with a business brand, sweetie, you get to keep the personal brand for yourself. But the business brand takes its cues from that and it gets to be doled out to any and everybody. Everybody gets to own a piece of that business, but you don't get a you don't get to own a piece of me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does make sense. In that case, Phyllis, what I like to ask you, uh, if you're not supposed to put your life things out there, so when you're putting content through, what kind of content would you recommend people to talk about? Uh, just your business or something specific? What would you advise people when it comes to sharing stuff about their personal brand? If you're going to bring, if you're going to bring personal into it, make it personally relevant. So like one of the things that I've been talking about, because I wrote my memoir years ago, I think I forget, it was years ago. And in that memoir, I talk about me having a problem with Dick, Dick, and Dick because Tom and Terry were busy. And that was during a time where I wanted to be a mom because I thought of being a mom was going to fill a hole in me somewhere that nothing else was doing. I felt unloved, unsafe, and my own insecurities were crazy. And so I thought a baby was going to fix that. So I had indiscriminate sex trying to be anybody's baby's mama. I didn't want the man. I just wanted the baby. So to go from that type of wanting to be a mom to now being a grandmother, it hits different. To know that I suffered with all these insecurities and that I had all this indiscretions and so forth in order to become a mom, thank God I didn't. But to go from that level of, of, of low self-esteem to now being, you know what, I still have my insecurities, but I feel comfortable enough to be courageous in my insecurities. To now be a grandmother to nurture other business owners and like, sweetie, get out here and do your thing. Get your money, make your shit pop, make it do what it do. And so that's a relevant story. If I was just to go out and say I was a whole back in the day and given no context, then it's not a relevant story. But when I tell people that I've always been a mom, even before I had my daughter, sweetie, this is how I can be the grandmother. This is how I engage as the grandmother. I can nurture you all freaking day. But I am also that harsh mom that, you know what? I don't have no punk ass kids. I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not built that way. I am not the June Cleavers or the, 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 the Florence Nightingale. I'm not that. I'm that hardcore business mom. It's like, you know what, baby? We got to go do some shit. We got to make, you got to, but you have to make sure it's something you want, not what I want for you. And so that's, that's me being a mom all up and through. Once upon a time, it was for the wrong reasons. Now it's for business reasons. There's a journey there. You see what I mean? Absolutely. I do completely understand what do you mean. And I appreciate you sharing that. That actually brings me to my next question. And I appreciate you, you sharing all of that personal stuff, you know. And I appreciate you being uh, open enough to share uh, what happened in the past. So... Thank you so much for that. So my next question okay. is related to uh, a small section which I found uh, on your book, which I found really interesting. You said, no matter no matter the event, Big Mister, Big Mister is the name of the restaurant uh, Phyllis was handing, Big Mister would work his culinary magic while Mrs. Mister worked the crowd. I came to rely, uh, I came to rely on Mrs. Mister more than Phyllis. I did everything for the greater good of Big Misters. I was in the pursuit of making my husband famous and didn't realize I had, I am having, I was having an identity crisis in the process. Could you share your journey on how you lost your identity with your restaurant business? Oh my goodness. Taking on the persona of being Mrs. Mister, there was a level of perception there and an expectation. But it, it kind of goes to when my mom used to say, don't start, no, won't be none. And I started something that I could not get out of and I, I couldn't figure out how to get out of. I had become Mrs. Mister, which means I had to show up at these competitions. I had to schmooze with Neil's friends. I had to put a fucking smile on my face. And trust and believe, if I do not like people, it will show on my face. So <laughs> this was very difficult for me. 
But then also it was the mindset because I wanted to make sure that <laughs> stop laughing. I wanted to make sure that Neil was famous. Sweetie, I promise you, I don't care what I was doing, where I was doing it. If I saw an opportunity, I was going to go and get it. If someone said that they needed a spokesperson, if there was something coming up on television, if the if the the Good Day LA, which is a news station that we used to be on, if they were calling, I was always chasing it. And I am not that person. I am that person like, you know, I wait for shit to come or I wait for shit to happen. But as Mrs. Mister, if it was one o'clock in the morning and I forgot to send an email, then I was going to get up and send an email because I wanted to make sure that my husband got whatever it is that I wanted him to have. If we were catering for um, a movie set or a television show, sweetie, I was the first one. I was up and I was doing the contracts and, and getting the invoicing done and all of these things. And it was always under the guise of Mrs. Mister. She was a hardcore bitch. Seriously. She was money hungry. She was uh, a hunter. She was all the things that Phyllis was not. And getting caught up in that, it's like, I know who I am or I thought I knew who I was. I'm this individual. I'm a loner type. It's amazing that I'm married with a child. You trust and believe because I am a loner type. And I am not forceful because I am a six foot one black woman and people feel uncomfortable with me in the room. And plus, I will wear heels in a heartbeat. And so I go, most times I try to diminish myself. And that's just on the regular, me being me. So to now be out here trying to hunt people down, trying to get opportunities, trying to chase money, trying to do all the things, it was like, who the fuck is this person? Who am I? And it, it just caused me to, to question who I really wanted to be. And I didn't really like being Mrs. Mr. all the time. But I felt like I had no choice at this point because I was already contemplating our third restaurant. We had two restaurants. Um, like I say, we did celebrity catering and all that stuff. So I needed Mrs. Mister to go and get me this third restaurant because the bitch was going to make it happen. And that whole thing, that that whole identity crisis, like, okay, why can't Phyllis just do this? Because she ain't got enough heart. She's not bold enough to go and do it. She's scared. And it was because of my insecurities that, you know what? I just relied on Mrs. Mister. Let's just let her run the show. And that was it. Wow. So Phyllis, just to give people context, how can we make people realize that you are also sunk in the ship and you're also you know, losing your identity in the process? How can people determine if the same thing would happen to you is happening to them at this very moment? A lot of times I hear people talk about imposter syndrome and trust and believe that if it's what you want to do, there is no imposter. And especially if you're good at what you do. But if you're constantly trying to figure out how someone richer, someone with more money did what you want to do, that's you trying to find your identity in all of this. Instead of just owning. And part of what I talk about in the book is contemplation. Contemplation is different than thinking because when you think, you're looking for existing answers. But when you're contemplating, you got to sit in that shit and figure out what's right for you. And if you can't figure out what's right for you, then trust and believe you're going to run into an identity crisis because you're going to start doing things and your, your, your brand will keep changing and it'll keep flip-flopping because no one understands that, you know what, I'm doing this to make money. And I'm doing this because this is the thing to do. This is what's on trend. I don't follow trends. I don't give a flying fig about trends. I don't give a flying fig about competitive analysis. But that's what you're told to do in strategic branding. Oh, go research the market. Why? I know what I know how to do and I know how to do, how to do it well. So what do I need to do? I need to figure out how I can market this. That's best for me. To attract an audience, not to go figure out how to fit in the hole that they want me in. Because I, I have been in the, the place where, like I said, because we did celebrity stuff, where people thought because they paid me, they could talk to me any kind of way. They could treat me any kind of way. They can come at me any kind of way. And because, like I said, Mrs. Mr. wanted to get paid, she ate that shit. And I tried to make sure that I fit the mold of, you know what? I was that whole ass black girl that they wanted to see. I was that whole package that, that they expected. But then also I got hip to that thing because when people wanted Big Mr. to show up, I promise you, if, if I was doing a job and I'm just going to go on a low, low end, if I was doing a job and I was sending one of our staff 
it was say it was a thousand dollars. But then the people like are big mess and Mrs. Mess showing up? First of all, no. But if you want us to show up, you know that you just triple the price. Because if you want me there, you're taking me away from other things that I could be doing, so I gotta get paid. And I still believe that to this day. Because everybody wants to know the freaking boss. Everybody wants to know who's at the top so they can say, I'm friends with the owner. So if that's the status that you want, then baby, you're going to have to pay me for that shit. And now because I'm a business of one, trust and believe. If I got to show up, then I got to get paid. And that's no slight on anybody else. And it's not me being greedy. It's just a fact of life. This is how I make my money now. And so if, if, you, if you decide that, that you're afraid to ask for something, if you're afraid to say, this is my price, and I'm not saying the price is the price. I'm not quoting that mantra. But if you decided that you have the education, the experience, and the intelligence to go out and do some shit really well, and you're afraid to say that it's $1,000 or it's $10,000, then, sweetie, you're having an identity crisis. Because if you can show the value of why it's worth that price, because a number is just a fucking number. A 20 on a dollar bill is still just a $20 bill. You put two ze another zero on it, then it changes the value. And that's the whole thing. So the price is not the problem. When people tell you, no, it's never the fucking price. They don't see the value. And you will notice that when you pay for shit or when people pay you for shit, they'll either say, you know what? I got my money's worth. Oh, you need to charge more. Or you know what? Don't go pay for that. It ain't worth it. So it's a value issue. It's not a price issue. And the identity being attached to the price is what's fucking people up. And when they tell you to charge your worth, you can't do it because you don't know what price to put on your fucking ass. You are not the problem. The value is the problem. And what you're putting out there as, as far as your personal brand is concerned, sweetie, if they don't see the value, then fuck the price. The price is not your issue. But the identity, the personal brand identity behind it is probably the issue. It's not imposter syndrome. It's being insecure to say, you know what, this is what I should charge. It's the insecurity of saying, because we're taught to be humble, ego is a bad thing, not in my world, not anymore. I have brand ego. I may not have a whole lot of big ego, but I have brand ego, where I'm confident in what I do as a strategic personal brand. So my ego is saying that, you know what? I know how to do this and I know how to do it well. I know how to help people connect the dots of life, brand, and business, so you do not have to code switch for any of your money. You do not have to polish a turd and call it gold. So the identity crisis is understanding where do you stand 10 toes down? It's not thinking what everybody else told you, not what all the experts say is right to do. It's like, what is right for me to do? And if you find that place and you can stand 10 toes down in it, trust and believe the identity crisis you thought you were going to suffer will not happen because you will be okay with whatever price you say. Even when other people say, oh, you should charge more. Is that coming from a greedy person? Or is that coming from someone who just saw the value in what you do? And should you actually raise your prices? Because you also consider your audience at this point because it's like, you know what, because the people I want to help can afford this, I'm going to leave my prices at this. So don't fuck with me. Say that shit with your whole ass chest. If you're cool with $97 for whatever, then sweetie, own that. Don't let somebody make you feel less than because you won't charge more. That's their issue, not yours. That's all the stuff that gets you caught up in identity crisis. Oh, well, he's charging that, but um, so I should be charging that. You don't know why I charge what I charge. You didn't sit down and do the calculation. You probably don't even know what you should charge because you didn't sit down and do the calculation. So that that whole thing, yes, it turns into an identity crisis. And I know I'm talking a lot, Jason, so you can share me <laughs> I love I love listening to you. So this is the reason why you say that, you know, why all personal brands need an identity, right? Would you mind exploring yeah. that part a little more so that contextually people can understand, apart from price, why do you say they need the identity? I mean, pricing would be one component, like what you want to charge. What mm -hmm. else would be involved for you to take that decision? A personal brand's identity is not taking on the whole person. There's a part of me that can be GCB really easily, even when I don't feel like it. And so knowing that it has an identity, I know when to shut her up. I know when to sit her down. I know when to bring her out. And so being GCB, like even when I do my podcast, when I do my podcast, I got to go get my glasses. I get my hoops. I put something on my lips and I grab my hat. 
And when I'm in that mode, you know what? It's GC, GCB's turn to shine. This is not a Phyllis issue. So when I know that I got to get up and do the podcast at 10, then I got to get in GCB mode, not Phyllis mode. Because Phyllis might feel like sitting here drinking her coffee and binge watching Perry Mason. But if I give it an identity, I can talk to it. Because I don't have a problem talking to myself. I don't have, I have a shirt that says, if I'm talking to myself, I'm in a staff meeting. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> My own shirt. <laughs> But if you if you give it an, like I say, I gave mine a name. Not everybody wants to name theirs, and that's okay. I ain't gonna tell you the name, but I, but I believe in giving it a name. But because I've created the boundaries around GCB and I know how she needs to show up consistently, then that identity is just a small piece of me. It's not everything of me. I can't nobody handle all of me. Hell, half time I can't handle all of me, and my husband show came. But if I understand that these are the limitations of this particular personality, because this personality bleeds into the brand ego, then now I know where I stand. I know how I get to show up. And it's not putting on a facade. It's not being fake. It's like, this is just the limitations. You don't get to consume all of them. It's no different than not turning your life into content. If I give this identity, this thing, this piece of me, then this is where it ends. Because if I don't try and rein it in, then, sweetie, if you're going to take the, the best parts of me, you're going to have to take the worst parts of me as well. And that should only be for people who love me unconditionally. So that's why I said it needs to have an identity of its own and recognize that that identity is born out of you. It's just not all of you. If you want to give somebody all of you, then go have an intimate relationship. We are not in an intimate relationship. We are in a business relationship. And while I value that relationship, sweetie, don't get it twisted because it got a price tag on it. My identity cannot be bought even in my personal brand. Just like my clients choose me, I have to choose them right back because I can say, no, I don't want your money. But people think because they can afford you that they can have you. That's not what it is. Your personal brand, because it has an identity of integrity, hopefully, of ethical behavior, hopefully, then you set the standards for this is how I'm going to be in my business always to the day I die and whatever else you want to put on it, pinky swear and all of it. So giving it that identity gives you the opportunity to speak to it. It's like, what do I really want from you? How do I really want you to show up? What are the limitations that we're going to put on this thing? And because you're having this kind of not necessarily out loud conversation, you begin to understand how you're going to show up for business meetings, for, for conferences, for speaking engagements. It's like once I put on my glasses, my hat, my hoops, and my lips, oh, GCB is in the house. It's a whole last situation. Come on, let's work this room. But once I take off my hat, and if I'm not reading, reading shit, I'm taking my glasses off, then I'm back to being Phyllis. So you liable to get anything. And I tell people, GCB, is an empathic bitch. Phyllis is a petty bitch. Don't fuck with me. Not in the mood. <laughs> All right. That's uh, how I do. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, people who are listening, I wanted to thank you all for continuously listening to us because I know Phyllis is fire. Uh, do support her because I think the book is really amazing. It has a, a peculiar style, so you will see Phyllis' personality in the book for sure when you read it. Uh, not your traditional business book, not your traditional branding book. It's exceptionally uh, well-drafted, keeping Phyllis in mind. Uh, I would highly encourage you to click on the three dots, go to the notes, the event notes. I have mentioned the link. Get that book. Buy the physical book or the ebook, whichever you like. Uh, I think it is very powerful. From what you're listening, we are trying to give you as much information as possible. I have one last question, and after that, we will open up the space for Q and A. Uh, if you would have guessed, I'm trying to sh shorten the whole interview period for the mini series to keeping it under 60 minutes. So, if anybody is interested in coming up, please do not hesitate. Uh, raise your hand. I will be happy to bring you up. So, I wanted to actually explore the DNA code part. Uh, which you had written mm -hmm. in your book. Let's explore that. So CODE is an acronym for contemplation, which you spoke about just a while back. Mm -hmm. O stands for objectives. D stands for dedication. And E stands for ethics. I know we may not be able to cover everything. If you take contemplation and objectives, if you were to speak on that, and maybe we will do the remaining two on, on the next episode. 
could you would you mind elaborating on that um like i said contemplation is understanding what is right for you it is not about thinking and figuring out what someone has already given you the answers to we can google and youtube all day long and we can try to do the things that are out there that already exist but if they don't fit you then you're going to struggle when i hear people talk about being caught up in the struggle this is usually what there is a plethora of information out there for us to consume and because we try to consume it all we try to throw it all back up and put it in our brand and our business and all the things and that is not what's right for you contemplation requires you to sit down understand who you are and what is going to work because if you figured out long time ago that i, I can't do this shit right here then don't do that shit right there just because they said you know what this is what the industry standard is this is what we do in the industry you don't have to do that but you do have to find a way to make sure that they understand your brand your your brand is counteractive to whatever that thing is you know what part of my personal brand is i don't do that shit that's the thing what i do do so you make it known that i'm the anti this because you don't want to do that thing and so when you you sit down like i said with the contemplation it is an action it is not just something that's arbitrary and then that spills over into your objectives because you contemplated what's right for you now you can come over here and you say okay what are my objectives objectives are not goals objectives again are actionable because objectives can be never ending goals are something like you know what i want to increase my my instagram following by 10% within the next 30 days and that you know they hold smart shit but objectives is like i want to stay in the top 10 of this particular group of people um for the duration and the thing about that is because that's an objective you're always staying on top of your game to stay into in in line with those top 5 people another objective is like i want to make sure that there's always food on the table for this particular thing so what do you do you constantly put food on that table you constantly find a way to put food on that table that is an objective that is not a goal because you don't know what it is that that you can do for the uh, as far as the goal is concerned you know when there's an end date but when there's an objective there is no expiration date so when you decided that i contemplate this and this is going to be my forever ever forever ever <laughs> you're able to set <laughs> you're able to set objectives that align with that and because i talk about this from a life brand and business perspective sweetie if it aligns across all of those things then there is no code switching required there is no oh sometime me this nobody can say oh well she only act like that in her business no sweetie this is what this is my shit This is my objective. So when you see me going out here and going after this thing, you can either help me or you can get the fuck out of my way. But this is always going to be my thing. This is my forever objective. Now my goals are this this and this. I'm do this in a year, I'm do this in 5 years, and I'm do this in 10 years. Those are your goals. But understanding your objectives comes straight from contemplating what's going on in your life. If your brand is this thing, then how does that impact your life? I now know that being GCPs people call me grandma now. They've shortened my shit. Now I have fun with it. But I understand that when I'm out in public and somebody say, "Hey grandma." Okay? No, not today, sweetheart. I'm just Phyllis. No, you cannot interrupt my day. No you but if I'm drinking, more than likely you see me out I'm having a drink. You can come down and you can have a glass of bourbon and we can do this thing. Because what I contemplate for my life is that I need some fucking peace and quiet. And so if being GCB impacts that, I have to be prepared to, you know what? No, sweetheart. I'm not in that mindset right now. You want to talk about something else? How are your kids? How are your family? How are your mom and them doing? <laughs> <laughs> so in, in that so case, Phyllis, I mean, if you, if you were to take your approach, and I like, really like your approach and what you're saying. So in that case, uh, the objective here is to constantly build more relationship, close relationship, right? because you're not really focused well, on the is. followers or how many people the it social proof if that's one of your objectives it really depends on if I'm sorry to overtalk you um but it depends if that's one of your I was just throwing that as an example objective because one of my objectives is you know what I want to help foster kids don't know why but it's always been on my heart so when I do do that I will always help foster kids that's just something that is an objective and it will not be something that will end and will I do it as a as part of GCB or as part of my life it will actually be for both it's a personal thing but it will go through my business that's it 
And so it's all of the, the, so understanding what your objectives are, if they're tied to your business, then you make sure people know that it's tied to your business. If you decide that your business is going to sponsor a thing or start a thing or turn into a, 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 a nonprofit, then understand where that sits in your life, brand, and business. Again, because it impacts it all because all of it is your life. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to actually encourage all the people who are listening to our conversation to come join on stage. It's a very short session. At least say hi to Phyllis. Please do not hesitate. Shirley, Cass, Gary, Derek, Thomas, uh, Vanja. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Vanya. Vanya. Okay, lovely to see you all. And even Rod. I, Rod, I know you just joined this, the conversation. So if you want to say hi to Phyllis, please do not hesitate. I wanted to actually welcome Rose. Uh, thank you so much for joining this conversation. Do you have a question for Phyllis? Or would you like to contribute? First of all, I want to say I love Phyllis uh, since day one. You know, that's how I got to know you, Jason, is when she was on your podcast the first time. And I was just captivated. Um, and then, you know, when I heard she kind of got went to LinkedIn jail, I was really upset. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad to see you back. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. And then I wanted to ask you another question. Uh, where can I get your book? First of all, that's my first question. I, I'm interested in, in getting your book. Mm-hmm. Um, the paperback is on Amazon. You can get the ebook on my website. So you can go to grandma's house and get the ebook and download it, or you can go to Amazon and get the paperback. Great. Um, and then, so I, I appreciate you sharing about, you know, making a distinction between your brand, which is the, um, brand mother brand and and wanting to create those boundaries that are very clear between what your brand is versus you know protecting your personal life and i appreciate that i could see you know why you would want that because you know you don't want to merge too many things and then um people don't respect boundaries and you know overstepping and then you're just you're consumed so much with your brand that you lose yourself so i i understand that perspective but the thing is, for me, I, I, I also have a different perspective because I am the kind of person who does share her story and vulnerabilities with the, uh, followers with uh, just to resonate with people. Like storytelling is how I approach personal branding. Storytelling is what resonates with my audience. And I just wanted to like, you know, for example, like I, I look at a lot of people who have share their stories and authenticities. I, I, I consider someone like uh, Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, or even Oprah Winfrey. They've, you know, put themselves out there, the vulnerabilities. Uh, so I, I I just wanted to offer that perspective. Like, what is, what's, what's wrong with that? Like, if that works for you and that's part of your personal brand, then for me, I don't see really the issue with that um now of course you don't want to overshare there's like a balance but um i I just wanted to get your perspective on like is there anything actually (laughs) wrong with that i believe those women can share their story because they've already made their money so i don't have a problem with with how people like you say live out loud um i don't see a problem with sharing your story the only thing is a lot of people share stories that aren't relevant to their business, to how they got where they are, to how they're connected to what it is that they do. If your stories are relevant to those things that resonate with your audience, then by all means, tell your stories. Like I said, I don't mind telling my story of, of being what I used to call my whole days and so forth from, from way back when. And like I said, that was me trying to be a mom because I felt unloved versus me now being a grandmother where I get to love on everybody. So the stories that you tell, like I said, if they have some relevance, I can see the point of them. But again, if you're comparing it to rich women who have already made a whole lot of money or any rich person has already made a whole lot of money, then their stories are important or important to people because people are trying to find out how how they made their money. But if you're telling a story about this is how I survived, Okay, you survived to do what? And why is this important to me now? And like I said, this is just my own personal thing because if there's some relevance to how you can help me in that story, then by all means, tell me that story. Please tell me that story. 
But if it has no relevance to you, I'm so not interested. And like I say, that is my own personal thing. So I'm not saying don't tell your stories. I'm just saying make them relevant to what you're talking about as far as like the solutions you can provide for clients. Uh, I'm glad that you added that uh, additional piece because I I 100% agree with that. It, it, there should be an intentionality um, with this story. There should be a lesson learned. So you should tell the story once you've overcome something already, not while you're in the midst of it, because I think that's also too vulnerable and like the wound is still open. So I appreciate you making that distinction. So so in fact, we agree there is nothing wrong with sharing the story as long as the story serves a purpose and, you know, there's a lesson to be learned, there's something to be gained from it. Definitely, definitely. Because some people, they, they think they're the only ones going through. And most times they're not. We all know that people go through shit. And how you deal with it, how you come out on the other side, is just as important as if it, and like you said, you share the scars, you don't share the wounds, definitely. Thank you so much. And thanks, Jason. Lovely, lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Rose, please continue to be on stage if you like. I am not going to have like an extended uh, thing which I used to do, you know, that fun stuff, at, at least for the mini series. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I wish I could have asked some funny questions to Phyllis, but I'm going to hold on to that. All right, so let's welcome Gary. You know, my man, how are you? And so nice to see you after such a long time. And do you have a question for me? Uh, not for me, but for Phyllis. Or do, would you like to contribute to what you just heard? <laughs> I, I don't have any questions. I just saw the notification when this happening. And I was like, there's no way I can miss this. You know, I'm, I'm at a conference right now, but I had to step out, get some food. And listen to Phyllis. Listen to the grandmother. Talk her stuff. Because I knew she was going to it. And I just need to do that. Like I'm, I'm in the midst of, I just recently kind of just worked on what I'm calling my professional brand because if you don't know me, you don't get my personal business. Right? So I introduced a new way of, of how I, as a person, not how my company, not, not I as my company, because people were conflating the two, and I was like, nope, can't do that anymore. So I have my own personal brand. The logo is a rapid because, and that, that connects me to my business because one of the things we do is a thing called thick description method, where we look for the deep, the deepest answers. We go down the rabbit hole, and that's because that's how I work. So I would say what's up to to Phyllis. Congratulations on the book. You brought it exactly how I knew you would. And this was great. I appreciate you, Gary, because I know you at Ads Week, right? Yep, I'm an advertising week. I'm just out there just trying to, to spread the good word of don't try to copy these people because one, they're not going to give you too much information. Two, you can't do what they do because you ain't them. Do you like learn transfer? Learn how to transfer some of what they said because it's not that that bad things are being said. It's just that I feel that a lot of times people are trying to say, "Okay, that's what they did, so that's what we need to do." No, yeah. <laughs> look at the approach. Transfer the approach in a way that it works for you. Way better off. I appreciate that very, very much, Gary. And thank you so much uh, for contributing and thanking Phyllis. And, and I know she's amazing. I also wanted to give a shout out to Gary because he has been a guest on my podcast. We had a really good interview about brands do not uh, create culture. People do. I would highly encourage you to listen to it. And Gary has thrown some fire uh, things. You know, he said some fire things on that episode. So I appreciate that very, very much, Gary. And thank you once again for being here. I also want to say thanks to uh, Cass because she's also been a guest on my podcast. So Cass, welcome, uh, you know, welcome back. It's so nice to see you once again. Would you have a question for Phyllis? I know you're a big fan of Phyllis or would you like to contribute? Um, you says come up and say hi. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm quite dry. So <laughs> that's my Cass <laughs> It's a special kind of humor to me, so it's not enjoyed by everyone. But um, what? 
Oh, I love the part about contemplation. And it brings back memories of um, a session that I had with a client and telling them to go away and think about what they wanted to do in their policy. So I like that. It's, it is action, but it's not to do something active and physical. You are being active with your brain. So I like that part. I haven't read the book yet, I don't think. Um, yeah, not all of it, anyway. And Cass was one of my better yeah, readers. Yeah, I'm correcting I myself. I haven't read all of it. Yeah. <laughs> She um she she got the beta version when it when I was still stuck. She got the first chapter. But Kaz, I promise you I changed it. <laughs> <laughs> but Cass has Cass has also gone through um when I was doing boot camp, she's gone through the 13 weeks. So Cass was there when I was perfecting my process of what I call PB and Slay. And what I'm talking about is personal brand and slay. And people do not know how to slay the dragons of what it is they're trying to do within their personal brands or their business brands. And, and contemplation is one of them, contemplating what's right and what's right for you. What's not right, it's not about what's right for the world. You're not trying to change the world. Just do what's right for you within this thing, this business that you're trying to build. Contemplation is a lot like pondering. That's probably an English Don't thing, think- huh? I don't use the word plunder. Seriously? When I think of plunder, I think of stealing. <laughs> what does it mean? Like, I don't know. What is plundering? That's what I said. Plundering me is, is stealing. So what is Not plundering? plundering. Ponder. That's what you ponder. Oh, ponder. Yes. Yes. It's similar to ponder. Oh pondering, yes. We're all speaking English. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> we cannot do this on Jason's show. Don't get me started. <laughs> Cass and I will turn into sisters real quick. <laughs> you see, Jason, I need someone to feed off of, and then you get the um, the vibe. <laughs> yeah, but I like that. So yeah. thank you. It w- it was good to listen to. Absolutely, absolutely. So I I want to thank Cass Cass once again. Uh, you know, for joining this conversation. Uh, me and Cass, we did a podcast uh, about why you need house rules in business. It was a very spectacular episode. I highly encourage people to give it a listen and support Cass. All those people whom you see in stage and, and my listeners who you see down uh, in the audience, all of these individuals are a very close group of friends I have. So I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting the podcast and also supporting Phyllis. Uh, I highly encourage you to follow her, do DM Phyllis, uh, ask her questions, clarify doubts. She's a wonderful person to have a conversation with. Uh, and and she was, she's going to tell you the truth on your face. Like, you know, this is bullshit. Don't do it. She's going to tell you the truth, the hard-ass truth, you know, which people find challenging. And she's also a good sport because you can do a lot of fun activities. If you remember... Uh, guys, if you have tuned into my podcast, uh, I did a an episode with Sharon, and I had I made Phyllis rap <laughs> along with her daughter, <laughs> and it was a random thing. You know, I called Phyllis uh, one day, and I was like, I had this idea, but I tried rapping. You know, I sound like shit. Uh, so, can you do that? <laughs> and 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 so, I mean, I mean. It was really fun. So I want to also, I see another person who has joined. His name is Thomas and he's a longtime supporter of my show. Welcome, Thomas. He's listening from Australia. He's one of the reasons I had to shift the timing to 3 p.m. EST so that we can accommodate people from Australia. How are you, Thomas? So nice to see you. I know it's still early. Do you have a no, question? <laughs> Do you have a oh, question? I'm good. Go ahead. Sure. I just wanted to say thank you for um, extending the time to... Uh, when it's daylight in Australia rather than middle of the night. So uh, 6 a.m. instead of 4 a.m. or whatever it is. But uh, I just wanted to say to Phyllis, um, I've been been listening for the last 20 minutes, but, um, you know, I just think uh, I love love people who are not afraid of of saying what they want to say. And I think... um, I think there's too many cookie cut type professional brands out there that uh, after a while they merge into each other. And they get a bit boring. So 
I'm always after, I like listening and looking at people that say, go out on the, on the limb and say things that um, a lot of other people want to say, but they are too afraid to say it. So that's all I'll say, but uh, it was nice to listen to you, Phyllis, and good luck with the book. And uh, yeah, happy uh, Thursday in Australia. To, back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. That is lovely, Thomas. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. We will be wrapping things up. Uh, and I want to let you guys know that we are doing this six-part series. So uh, this conversation is going to continue for next week as well, So which is October the 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We would have the part two. I will be creating the event probably by today or by tomorrow. I'll be also uploading this specific episode uh, on Spotify and other platforms so that just in case if you missed uh, the beginning of the show, you should be able to catch on by listening to the replay. So before we wrap things up, Phyllis, I wanted to give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, if you could leave our listeners with one thing they can take away from this whole conversation we just had from, you know, from the last 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes, what would that be? Um, don't think because you show up online that you are a brand. <laughs> that would be my biggest <laughs> thing. <laughs> if you're going to do this thing strategically, especially if you plan to grow beyond the business of one, if you are a business of one, but if you plan to grow and scale, then make your personal brand fit strategically within the overall brand architecture. A lot of people don't consider their brand architecture. They just start putting out shit and they don't think of how they're building it. Building a brand is a thing. And that's why they said building because architecture is involved. Everything that flows from the personal brand into the business brand, into the offers that you have, whether it's a product or service, all of your products and services are sub brands. So understand what that means and where your personal brand fits in all of that. Um, other people will tell you to get known and do all the things, but trust and believe, understand what you're building and then build it the right way for you. That's what I want to leave. That is incredible. And, and Phyllis, would you mind sharing the, uh, the website they can purchase the book? Can you post it on the, uh, on the event notes so that people can I get sure it? Will. Yeah. And while I you do sure. that, guys, just in case if you want to get the ebook, I have already posted the link to get the ebook under the event notes. If you're listening to this on replay on Spotify, Apple or other platforms, I will have it on the uh, description, the show description, uh, show notes or whatever you want to call it. So I, I just want to take a moment and thank Phyllis for uh, this exciting opportunity for me to do this mini series. I wanted to try and test it out, how it works. And I think so far it is looking uh, really cool. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this small uh, conversation which we had with Phyllis. Uh, and and you learn quite a bit if you do have any questions like like i said you know please do not hesitate to reach out to phyllis directly uh, and i want to also let you know once again that season five a i have a, a pool of really really exciting guests uh, rose is going to be there for sure derek whom you see down in the audience he's also going to be a guest lovely and lovely incredible people i have some highly influential people who is going to be on my show and we're going to be rocking and learning a lot of interesting interesting things so thank you once again phyllis uh, for making this happen please take care of yourself guys have a lovely morning afternoon evening wherever you're in the world have a wonderful day thank you